This podcast is made possible with support from Vintage King. For over 30 years, Vintage King has been committed to equipping its customers with the very best gear, advice, and personal service. Visit VintageKing.com for all of your pro audio needs. Hey, it's Larry Crane. Welcome to the Tape Op Podcast. Strokes guitarist Albert Hammond Jr. has been owning the downstroke for well over a decade now. In addition to his work with the band, he has managed to find time to release several solo records. His latest, Melodies on Hiatus, is a sprawling 19-song offering recorded with longtime collaborator Gus Oberg. Jeff Stanfield chatted with Albert about his latest recording, Working with Rick Rubin, and the Power of Imperfection. Enjoy. Good morning. How you doing? Morning. What's going on over there? Uh, you had your coffee? Good. I I did. I had. I just had it, so I'm a little wired. So I apologize if I uh, if I ramble. <laughs> well, that's good. And uh, I'm also well well on my way to feeling quite. Super uncomfortable with this, the amount of caffeine that I've had today. So yeah, that's how I feel right now. Good, we're in the same place. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I do it every single day, but I'm compelled. I know better, but I'm always compelled because it tastes so good that I go that's... and then I, I have that next cup, and then I'm just like, yeah, wow. That is so funny. That is literally what I do too. I'm like, I have the first cup, and I just want to taste it again. Yeah. And it and it was yeah I, I, yeah every single day of my life, uh, but yeah I'll learn one of these days. <laughs> um, That's funny. Yeah, man. So so you've got this new record, Melodies on Hiatus, and um, yeah. everyone else is releasing three song EPs and singles, and you decide to drop a nineteen song double album and. Uh, why release a collection like this um, rather than? you know, uh, putting out two records. It's funny. I, on, I think I made an EP like in 2013 and I was like, Oh, that seems like the, the future, right. Just to release EPs. Um, and, uh, it just, it didn't, it didn't work. It didn't work out. (laughs) Um, and, uh, I don't know this, this time around, it just felt like, um, it just felt good to have, felt right just to have a collection of songs i don't know i didn't i didn't plan on making a double double album i wasn't like i'm going in to make x amount of songs i was just recording and having fun i just kept going and going i could have probably kept going i didn't and and just had more but i i uh, i got overwhelmed by the time i got to 20. <laughs> what didn't work out about the ep thing for you uh, I mean, it's gonna be kind of boring, but in the game that is releasing a record, um, people, unless you're like a huge artist, like maybe like the Strokes could do it, but um, as a as a smaller artist, uh, you just you can't get TV press will do it at first, but then if you release another EP, they'll be like, oh, we just talked about you, you know. So it's like the album structure is still kind of at least then was still like the game. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, that's why it went that way. But when you were saying to digest the songs, 
like I, I thought it was going to be like that. I thought it was going to be something that people would get into a few songs and then maybe find songs later. And I liked, I liked that idea that it could just um, be something that, uh, that you just discover over time. I still just, you know, I grew up in an era and you did too, to some degree of like people put records out, you know, and like they, I, I just, I still like that idea just, just from like a statement and an artistic and a like listening experience thing. So, you know, it's, it's cool to, you know, and especially records when I was younger that were like the double albums, you know, like, like the wall or like, you know, um, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so so I still really I still really appreciate that, you know, and, and that's different in terms of like the wall being like this this rock opera thing. I mean, was there a concept for you beyond just putting a collection of songs out for this? Um, no, there wasn't really. That's what I was. I I feel like to have to have that in mind, you have to know that you're going to do that. And I was just I, I had started. So a year after touring Francis Trouble, I just started recording songs because in my head, I was going to like just put an album out uh, quickly. I thought the Strokes would put their album out and then I'd put it out right afterwards. Um, and then the pandemic happened and it slowed everything down. And, and I just kept, you know, Gus and I were just having fun in the, uh, you know, if there was a concept, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it was just that I wanted to deconstruct having a band, like normally I would make demos and I'd get my band and we'd play the songs and we'd record it like that. That's, that's how we did um, uh, Francis Trouble. And then I was like, oh, what if I just did something where it stayed in the demo form and I just did drum machines and, um, and I just did it like Gus and I at home and maybe having a friend or two come over to, to add stuff. And, uh, and, you know, we just keep, we kept it in that, and that this smaller sound. Um, and so there was that idea, but I didn't, uh, I didn't know I was going to keep going. I just, I kept having songs that I was excited about. So I wanted to like see them through some of my favorite songs or songs that came um, at the very end. So how did you decide when this one was done? Well, this is what happened. I, I always do uh, lyrics last i'll have like i sing even on the demos i sing words and sometimes that'll be like the title or like like when i first wrote old man the first time i'm strumming the chords on the voice memo and like playing it I, old the words old man came out you know and so it was like i don't know why but i just so like i'll sing stuff like that but when i had 20 songs of that and i had to go in to write the lyrics i was like i'm I'm not going to finish this. I'm going to just throw, throw them away and start again because it just seemed too, too daunting. And I tried to get friends and other bands. I thought, oh, I could get people to write, help me write lyrics for like, you know, four or five people to help me write three songs. And then I met Simon and we hit it off. And then it was like, okay, this seems like it's going to, it's going, it's going to work. Yeah, I mean, tell tell that story. Uh, it's a pretty interesting one, especially in light that you know you you did uh, your collaboration with with Simon Wilcox was one that was completely remote for uh, at least a long time, if not the entire process. Um, can you tell that story a little bit? And 
Yeah, of course. I mean, I think she's still somewhere inside. She probably would have liked to have kept it to never to never meeting. Maybe there's like a romantic concept in that. But um, yeah, we just uh, we would just talk um, first about the songs or what I thought my gibberish meant or what she thought my gibberish meant or like, you know, I always put titles and stuff. So like maybe it was leaning towards the direction or she had an idea or myself. And, and then we would just start talking about life. And I feel like maybe when I listened back that she was, she kind of took both of those things and put it into the song, like our, our conversations. Um, and uh, yeah, we just, we would talk and she would do little batches and I would like sing them and, you know, we would just go back and forth like that. She would drop off. She would type out the lyrics like on a typewriter and it'd be the only copy and she would drop it in my mailbox. And she would, after she dropped it off, she'd be like, I dropped it off. And I would go down and look at them. And then when I found out they were the only copies, I started taking photos of them because I was worried that if I lost it or something, they would be gone. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, a it was a unique experience and it was something, it's not an easy thing to, to let, to let go of or to have someone in your mind there. I, I, I'd only, I'd done it a little bit with uh, Tyler Parkford um, on two songs on the last record. Um, but it just, uh, it just really worked. She really captured uh, me. <laughs> and and this was just, this wasn't like an old friend of yours. This is just a person that you met through a mutual friend or something. Through the head. She was, she was close friends uh, with the president of the public of the publishing company. And she said that we would get along. Yeah. We just, we just like hit it off. Like on the phone, we just started talking and, you know, sometimes you meet people and you have, you're able to have conversation, like easy conversation and go into like weird, dark places or funny places easily. And we just kept kind of pushing that, you know, it's, it's just, it's not something that you can really plan for. You just either like meet someone and it works or it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, how is that for you? singing these songs i mean it, it sounds like she managed to pull enough of your you know personal life or personality uh out of you to kind of place them into a, a frame that that made sense for you lyrically i sang the songs with gibberish words and sometimes when you sing stuff and you're discovering melodies you phrase things very weird because you're just in the moment um and normally if I'd go right, I might like not figure out how to keep the phrasing and just kind of change it or something. But she kept some of the phrasing that was strange or, or some of the, uh, you know, I would, I would say the syncopation or rhythm of my words in the melody, but with, with keeping uh, some kind of like thread through the whole song. And so I think that's what helped keeping it sounding like me. Yeah. And she listened to all my records. So she was like trying to, she pushed, um, I think trying to not do stuff I had done Yeah, or say things like if she noticed like, Oh, you would say these kind of things a bunch and she, should we kind of like pushed away from it? I mean, it was, it was, it's a, 
it's a tightrope walk when you when you when you're writing with someone like that, especially for something that you're um, singing. So I, I think it was just, it was a lot of back and forth. Like if I didn't feel comfortable or it didn't feel right with the song, we would just we would just go back and forth. We'd have long conversations. I mean, I know that the song "I Never Leave" we tried like twice because she wanted to change one part of it, and I was like, that doesn't feel right, or like she thought one part of a a chorus could be different. And so like we would, we would have, I mean, I don't want to say like battles cause we didn't argue, but we would definitely have, we would disagree and agree on stuff. And I, the conversation was open. It wasn't like, Oh, whatever you want. <laughs> like she pushed back too. And I think that that creates a fun, um, that creates dynamic and that creates like why you work with someone. It made me think of something when we were talking about, um, you know, sort of when, when do you think it's done or when, when do you wrap it up? I mean, in a traditional studio, like I said, you know, you, you go in and you sort of have your batch of songs and then you might go overdub somewhere else, but you cut basics and you sort of wrap it up. But like with the idea that you did this a little more in the box and maybe did you, was, did you just do it at your home studio? I did it, uh, in, um, a, a lot of places. My mom was going through a divorce and she would, she was staying at at a, at a house, so I did some there. And then I was, I had rented a house in LA because I thought about moving, so I did some there. Um, and then I did some in the house. I ended up moving too when I moved to LA. And then we did a bunch there because that's where I was during the pandemic. And then we even early on, before I really knew that I was just going to do it at home, we had done it at Red Bull Studios in Santa Monica, and then. Um, a friend's uh, studio in um, like so, something that 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 he built, and then we even did one like the one with with Matt Elders and Steve Stevens. We did uh, and Nicole Rowe. We did uh, at at my publishing um, their their studio. So it's kind of all over the place, really. Right. I I was just thinking because of that more you know bedroom vibe. Um, you know, a little bit of that home recording feeling. And I think that that, that process is so, it's it's pretty different, right? I mean, it, it really lends itself to a different sort of recording process and, and just methodology, in, in my opinion. Um, in terms of sort of the, the, the intimacy of it, um, you know, I was curious if that, you know, as you went down that road, if you were finding that as well. Well, doing demos with Gus is like one of my favorite things like that. It's one of my favorite parts of writing. Cause I, you just write all the time and you do voice memos and just like little bits here, little bits there. And then you start sitting down and you're like, Oh, I like these 10 things. And you're like, maybe one or two stand out and you start there and you start making the song. Um, and so that puzzle, the two of us together and like, yes, yeah, there's, there's an immediacy in it, just discovering stuff or, you know, I had like this drum machine on my phone that we would use a lot. I got into it and we would mic it and it would sound really um, weird or, or, I mean, I, I grew up with guided by voices, so it sounded, it sounded like, like that. And so I think when you start, you're just trying to create different vibes so that you can, the song can go to where it wants to go, you know, where you think it should go. And then as it becomes more of a song, you like, 
you you build it out. At first, it it could just be like, oh, I like these two parts, so we'll just do A B A B, like first chorus, first chorus, and then you like it and you see where it gets boring and you're like, oh, solo would be good here. Like, how do we intro, outro it? Um, where are the tones going guitar wise and drum wise? Like, what are we, what are we trying to do here? And then it kind of develops uh, like that, but it's, it's quicker than in a studio because, and working with a bunch of people because um, in a studio you would play the song and you play it as a band and it would create its own sound that way that you'd kind of be playing throughout the day and then record at night. Um, and here it was just kind of like the two of us playing like, like ping pong, like just back and forth, like fast. And would you go for like completion or would you work on things and then put them away and then come back to them? Um, we would take it as far as it felt good. I try not to, you know, if it feels like it's in a place and we don't know where to go, it's kind of like, just let it sit there and start something new, you know, or you take, it's nice being at home because you can take breaks. I, I'm, I, I like breaks. I don't like like 12 hour sessions unless like you get lost in something and it becomes 12 hours because you were just discovering and that's fine. You don't notice it, but to forcibly do that much time, like I don't like it. So we'll, we would work for a few hours and get something and then stop maybe watch a movie, hang out do something and then we we like cooking so it'd be like a whole thing and then you'd go back and listen to what you had or start something new um there's no there's no rule it's, you can kind of just it's like a feeling thing you know you don't want to sometimes you can beat something to death trying to figure it out um yeah and that i mean that that'll happen regardless even with these breaks but it's like you're always trying to as you do it, you, you get little sparks. Like that's what happens when you have something in the voice memo, something's something in there is making you like it. And then you like build it up and you're like, Oh yeah, it's right. Or, or I fucked it up. Why, why is it better in its simpler form and not as good with more instruments or like more of a song. And, and so you could, you keep doing that until the song is done. And then sometimes you just don't know why something isn't, isn't working or you don't like it, you know? even though you like the song. So it's just like, just like a puzzle like that back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've been working with, with Gus. I mean, he's been with the strokes for, for a long time, but you, you've, you've yeah. also over the years, um, you know, and those, those musical partnerships are just, you know, I, I, again, like all this stuff, I mean, and, and I almost want to apologize anytime we sit around and talk about making music. Cause it's just like, it's, I don't know. It it almost seems silly in some ways, just because it, you <laughs> you already made that you made the music, and the point is that you want just people to go listen to it and not, you know, this that's that's the and it's no longer yours at that point. But you know, uh, as a means to an end, here we are. Um, I, I uh, <laughs> um, so I, I so I I understand that the you know sitting around talking about it is you know and. and you know, opinions change and, and perspectives change on the same thing. So, um, so much, so I, much. I, I mean, that's, that's huge. Sometimes you can be talking about it and you're like, you know, like you like it more, you like it less. You're like, I don't know. I didn't, it didn't fucking get what I want. And I want to do something. I need to do something new, you know? It's, yeah. And even after the fact, even after it's like 
you know, set in stone and fixed and out in the world and people are listening to it. It's like your opinion of the hows and whys and what and all that stuff can, I mean, we're, we're always sort of evolving as, as, uh, creators, listeners and, and humans. So it's, it's an, it's like an impossible, it's like, what day did you get me on, you know, kind of thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, no, you get it. That's totally, that's totally it. And, and and that's that's valid too, I guess. You know, just like well, that's just one that's one way to look at it, and it's one way to listen to it. I mean, think about how many records you've put on in your life that uh, you've come to love, and maybe even some of your favorite records of all time. And the first time you heard it, or the second time, or the fifth time, you, you didn't you didn't even get it or like it. You know, um, dude, so many. It's crazy. That's why I try to tell people too. Like some of my favorite bands or favorite songs. I probably skipped over hundred <laughs> percent. And, and like, and, and some of the things that like grab me right out of the gate are things that I tire of quickly and never put on again. So it's like, um, yeah, there's something to that for sure. And like, again, it's like, what day did you get me on? And like, what frame of what, what was I, what was I feeling and wanting at that, at that moment? You know, was I, was I wanting that, that extra cup of coffee or was I, was I, it was, I thinking, yeah, but, thinking about my bloody Valentine and you gave me something else that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just think yeah. that it's just absolutely almost impossible to sort of nail any of that down. Well, that's why I tell people I, it's so hard to, I, when they're like, what's your favorite song? And I was like, well, it depends on moods, but, but also just, just look at the, at the fact that you could play a song that's move. Let's say a song like moved you. And I feel like that's music can be very powerful. It can like, just align everything in in that three minutes where the things make sense and you could hear it at another time when you're in a diff different place and you know that you felt that and so like it, it's always there with you it's like a friend but it's like you're not feeling it as strong as you did that moment and then maybe a day later you feel it there was a new david burns song that i heard and like in certain times when i was going through emotional uh, things it, it would connect so strong and if i put it on right now I love the song, but I might not feel the same way I had certain times like on a plane and like it made me cry or whatever. Right. It's just like, it's, uh, it's always, it's always moving. That's kind of like the problem with writing too. Well, it's always, yeah, it's I mean, always, it's, it's always moving. You're just capturing moments, right? Like, you know, and like, uh, you know, it's like little drops of rain or something coming off the gutter. And like that drop is valuable to the hole in the bucket, right? To the, to the whole thing. Right. But like, it's its own individual. If you looked at it, it would be its own individual. Like, you know, it's like a snowflake that makes the whole like mountain of, you know, snow, you know, we're just capturing moments and hopefully, you know, in, in terms of recording and, uh, or performance, you're, you know, you got it then. And that was the, that was it. And then you either recorded it or you didn't. <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a sense of like, uh, black magic when it comes to recording, you know, I've, I've like recorded something or even been like, Oh, this sounds so cool. Let's just do it after lunch or something and you come back and it just doesn't sound as cool anymore. Um, and that's kind of what's nice about giving it some time uh, because you kind of, the things that are stronger stand out more. And so you're just kind of playing a game of like, you know, the verse sounds amazing, but it's making the chorus not sound good. You make the chorus sound better. Now the verse sounds weird. And you're just kind of like balancing that out. Yeah. Um, 
And it's good to have it's good to have people. You're sort of getting back to Gus and and the other people that you've worked with over your career, both in the Strokes and on solo records. I mean, these musical partnerships are, you know, they're 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 so important. And and you know the your your relationship with with Simon Wilcox and your relationship with Gus. I mean, and but you've worked with some other folks over the years that I was curious about. You know how you you know, what, what that was like, you know, the big one comes to mind is like Rick Rubin, you know, like what, yeah. what, you know, so he doesn't do a ton of interviews and talk about what he's doing, but he, you know, obviously legendary for, for his, you know, his, his style and his polar bears and, and yoga and surfing and all that stuff. So <laughs> I, I'm curious from your perspective about, you know, a being there at his space and then, you know what he brought to the table um you know i've heard you say that 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 he was pretty hands-on working with you guys uh but i've also heard that he just is very hands-off and has opinions but that's about well, it you know well i think that's i think maybe when that gets when i've read stuff like that i feel like it's just what people are expecting of a producer and what kind of band you are so if you're a band that could almost, you know, produce yourself, you arrange songs together as a band and you really think and talk about stuff. Um, he's great. He, he just, he gives bigger ideas. He helps you from getting stuck into corners that don't matter, um, which allow for less frustrations. And it's just like, it's really smart, the things he thinks of. And he's just, he's, he's really feeling things from a gut level and like, as simple as like you're playing a song and he was like the song, the verse is the whole song. And you're like, shit. So I was like complicating it. And then like, you can't believe it. And then it happens and you're like, Oh, it is. And, and to rely on someone like that, their opinion on, on, on things is, is really great. It allows you to stay a little more childlike in the creative process. Um, I think if you were a band that needs a producer, producer of like, like, figuring out parts or stuff like that it, it would just or you want something different or like you 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 feel like you need more of his time I, I always felt like he gave us perfect amount of time and space and things to think about and things to work on on our own and it was like you know I I, I never I never felt unheard or unlistened to you know he, he listens to everyone you can ask whatever so it's I he's 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 pretty magical for us i really i really um feel very lucky that we have got to work with him did you feel like the end result was again this is like where you are at what time and your whole trajectory of career i mean probably be a pretty different experience than um doing is this it with rick rubin versus doing um sure of course but you can't you can't Yes, yes, it's definitely a moment you are in your career and what and what you've been and what you've been through. Uh, I mean, I think um, I can't remember. Oh, the new abnormal it sounds incredible, and I think it sounds like us but different. Um, I I feel like we have it's it, during making it reminded me. It was like the, it felt like a new beginning in the sense that I realized that we had so much more music to write and maybe our best music left in in us that it was like we it's almost like the opposite of sometimes bands that 
have been around for a long time, um, they have trouble in that. And I just felt in working with them, I was just like, oh man, we just started almost. <laughs> like we just started tapping into everyone's potential and like where it could go. And so, uh, you know, he, he, that's not a light thing to just be like, oh, that's just like where we were. That's like I, something that he helped create. Just, you know, there's, there's no substitute for um, the people in the room you know, we spend all this time fetishizing gear and like, we're, you know, tape op, <laughs> yeah. tape, t- tape op is a recording magazine, but I think we do a pretty good job of focusing on not the gear. Um, it's part <laughs> of it, right? I mean, it's just, it's just part of it, but. Yeah, but it's not going to make, it's not going to make the song better if you have a shitty song. <laughs> the, it's the people in the room and, and the songs and like cap trying to capture that feeling, you know, there is a balance with Rick in that where like he uses quality stuff, but it never feels like, like, uh, you know, well, that's like part of it. You know, he's just like, I don't even know how, to, I don't even know how to explain it because it's, it's sometimes in finding a tone, a gear can really can bring something out. But I, I feel like that has to be, like your like your engineer or something is like thinking about that while you're thinking about the song and they can cross and you can talk to them and you're like explaining why you feel like it's not hitting how you hear it in your head and they can be like thinking of the gear or even you can but it's it can't one can't the what you're trying to bring out has to be is the most powerful thing and everything else is just trying to figure a way to capture that yep hundred percent. You go into, you go into some fancy studio. It doesn't mean you're going to sound cool. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly not. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we're, we're almost out of time and I wish we had more because it's super fun to chat with you, but you know, what would you, what would you be doing if you weren't making music? Oh man, I don't know. I fell in love with it pretty early on and I just like, I, uh, I mean, I would make music even if I wasn't putting it out just because I can't, I don't, I can't stop doing it. I, I saw this great thing on, it's like an Instagram reel. Was it Lionel Richie? I think it was Lionel Richie. He was like, this is how you know if you're, if you're like a songwriter or a musician or if you're not. Like if you hear a beeping, some people just hear a beeping and that's all. And some people hear a beeping and start singing or thinking of like rhythms. And I was like, oh shit, that's so true. Like I'm always like, just like, hearing stuff and like putting a song to it regardless and so i just i just feel like that's i would always be doing that no matter what i i uh i did but i i don't know it's so hypothetical you know formula one driver sounds fun (laughs) (laughs) certainly like you know just mildly more dangerous (laughs) i mean probably being on tour tour with the strokes in the early days might have been on par with (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I i don't i don't know um i mean i like I, I can only base it off what i what i what i like now like i like cooking so maybe like something in that because it seems like you know i'm passionate about i like the idea of like what you know flavors and textures and like uh, you know but who knows if i would have got into that or you know when i was a when i was a kid you're, it's so funny, man. Um, I I know so many people that are you know musicians, producers, engineers. We all love to cook, and it's like, <laughs> it's the same. It's like 
And, and I have this conversation thing. with John from Tape Up. Like, it's the same as mixing a record. It's like, just because you it have is. a lot of bass doesn't mean you use all the bass. You know, it's like, just because you got a lot of salt doesn't mean you pour the whole thing in this. You know, it's like, it's all just balance and, and, and texture and flavor. And like, it's just the same, you know? It's, it's so funny, even in, in putting a song together you know like the same i was watching that beatles thing and one of their one of their songs maybe it was two of us he was like it sounds better without the bass and he's like but then we'll won't have low end and it's kind of like so <laughs> like I, I don't know i don't listen to that song i'm like where's the low end <laughs> yeah yeah exactly well you know? it, it gets back to that idea that like the song is is everything you know and um you know, hopefully you played it well. That's that's it. You know, um, I find that sometimes it, and well is a is a some of the best takes have mistakes in it. You just can't hear it because there's something more powerful than than perfection. You know, and so like that's kind of that's something like I'm not good at like listening and like it's nice to have someone. Other guys in the band are really good at that. Rick was really good at seeing the the whole picture so he doesn't like he doesn't care if he took 10 minutes on it 15 days if it was like if there's a bunch of mistakes if there's no mistakes if it doesn't feel feel right it's just like yeah it's not right <laughs> yeah i mean we're i mean we're, yeah i i think uh uh perfect as what what's the saying a perfect or at least i like to say this perfect is the enemy of done and um i don't know i mean i think that's why people i think that's some of the charm of what people like about rock bands still and maybe why some lasts at certain tests of time is that there's a, a rawness in it and that feels a little unknown and dangerous and it's like and i think people crave that um because everything is pretty like on grid right now and like just sounds like because even when they did it pretty you know this stuff like this like r&b stuff from the 70s where th those players were incredible they were playing there was no like way to cut it and they were playing the same part just so well but that was like that's just like uh, a gift you know and like that to to mimic it now it, like it doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't come across that way it feels like it feels like you just like it's kind of just planned and safe and you're like oh, okay well that's that <laughs> all right man well good luck with everything and congratulations on uh the record and and uh, thanks so much man enjoy the rest of your day and weekend thank you you too have a great day all thanks. right man thanks so much thanks for listening find us online at tapeop.com facebook twitter and instagram until next time <laughs>